Welcome to foreclosure.com. My name is Tim Jones, and today I'm excited to introduce you to our guest, Antonio from Investor Starters. Antonio, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. You got it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so Antonio, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in real estate? Yeah, I've been investing for almost four years now. Uh, I live in Texas um, from New York and New Jersey, but I invest primarily out of state. So I have a few mostly small multifamily homes and mostly fix and rent. So I like to buy them, fix them up and then rent them out. Um, currently my portfolio consists of 18 units across eight properties across New Jersey, Ohio, Florida, and Arkansas. I really split myself thin, but, um, I learned a lot along the way and, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I make content online about helping beginner real estate investors who are confused, overwhelmed, and don't know where to start. Help them buy their first rental property through actionable advice. Through your journey, is that how you got started educating new real estate investors? Yeah, you know, I was 26 living in New York City and I was looking around at properties. I'm like, uh, I'm a software engineer. I make a good salary. I don't spend a lot of money on rent comparatively to most people in New York. And properties are like, you know, 700,000 for a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. And then I go to analyze it and I'm like, so even if I had enough money for this property, uh, I would owe $2,000 at the end of every month. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So I started looking outside of New York and then I had the same problem in the suburbs outside of New York. And so I was stuck for about four years, just saving and waiting and saving and waiting. I started learning about real estate when I was 22, like the second day right out of college. I was like, I want to do this. Um, but I, I kept realizing that I couldn't because I lived in high cost living areas and properties didn't make sense. And so one day my landlord in New York was like, we're going to raise your rent 15%, which ended up being like 250 bucks. I was like, that's way too much. I need to figure out how to be on the owner side of things instead of the renter side of things. So I was like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to figure this out. And I had, I'm reading all these books from bigger pockets and listening to podcasts and YouTube videos. And I try to digest it. And so that's the type of person who I try to help the person who is young, you know, I, I do help some older people, but they tend to be young because they, they're, it's their life savings we're talking about here, right? It's like they don't want to lose it all on a property. So they're very risk averse. They're very scared and ready to go. And they would like something to handhold them throughout the process. And so that's what my content is there for to try to help them every step of the way to get to that um, end result of getting that first property, which will then get them the confidence to keep going forward. No, that's great. That's great. So you're focusing out of state primarily D definitely seems like you're in a couple different markets. Um, <laughs> understatement. So, yeah. Understatement. But that's, that's also, you know, it's good to have a diverse portfolio. Um, <laughs> why are those markets specifically good for new investors or for yourself? Yeah. So first off is the lower price point. Um, so every property I bought when I bought it was less than 200,000. Um, guess give or take the one in Florida, we bought land and we bought the land at 40,000. So I get technically it was a lot, everything was less than 200,000. But not only that, the rents are at a certain point um, that typically in a multifamily home, they'll cash flow. So Arkansas and Ohio tend to be higher cash flow markets for me, but lower equity growth. I would say more Ohio than Arkansas. Arkansas tends to be a decent balance between the two. 
Um, Florida and New Jersey, on the other hand, uh, they were more appreciation markets, but I found areas and properties in those areas where I was able to get cash flow in those in those markets. It was now it's a, it's if I tried to buy those same properties today because they appreciated a lot, I might not be able to do that. Um, but when I did buy them, it did make sense at that time. And so low price point and higher rents are the biggest things I look for, but also um, obviously areas with lower crime and areas with uh, people moving to it. Uh, all the areas of people moving to it, except uh, the property, the area in Ohio. Um, that's the only real con about that area. And really what I try to do is just try to find a place that meets most of my goals. Like I said, I can't, you can't find the perfect place. It's always, um, everyone trying to find heaven on earth and it doesn't exist. Or if it did exist, everyone who had millions of dollars would have already invested all their money in there. And then it would no longer be heaven on earth because the price point would be too high. So, um, once I realized that I couldn't find heaven on earth, I accepted, uh, I don't know, purgatory on earth or areas that weren't as good as heaven on earth. And I kept trying to find that, um, areas that are decent, that have some growth potential and, um, can cash flow. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, so you, you cover a lot of markets. So I'm curious to know what your expectations are for the rest of this fall and the rest of this year um in markets like ohio texas arkansas uh even florida what what are you what are you expecting what do you think is going to happen here and moving forward yeah the trend this is my first recession so i'm inexperienced in that well the last recession i was a freshman in high school um so this recession i've been trying to study the last recessions and pay attention to what's happening so i because my fear is of losing money and yeah. so um, the interest rate increases have been causing demand and supply to drop because people who were to bought at a 3% now no longer can buy a 3% because the rates are seven. And the people that would have sold when properties were at 3% can't sell anymore because if they move, they're going to have to downsize to get the same house, whereas typically they would have liked to increase the size of the house that they got. So we're experiencing like an overall slowdown in transactions, less a um, improvement in demand or improvement or a decrease in demand and increase in supply. Um, I do think with the winter months as real estate seems to be seasonal, that transact, excuse me, transactions will be slower even more. And the real opportunities will be in things like foreclosures or tax liens, but also in things like uh, people who do actually need to sell, but because the demand has also dropped, they're not getting an, they're probably not going to get an offer over asking, uh, you know, immediately like it was in 2021, 2022. Now they might get an offer and it might be lower um, and they might not get what they want. And so it's going to force, those types of people, the people who need out, the people who are moving or the people who lost their job, those people are going to be hungry to sell a lot more because the demand has dropped along with it. So I do think that there'll be opportunity there. How much that opportunity is, I don't know. Uh, but I am constantly looking to try to keep that, um, keep those options open. Yeah. Wow. That's a great analysis. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, 
Well, thank you. Uh, as far as teaching your students, how are you showing them how to utilize programs like foreclosure.com to find these types of properties? Yeah. So when typically the way I try to solve problems of not being able to find good deals for me has been look in another market because other markets have cheaper prices and uh, lower uh, lower home prices and higher rent prices than that you're in because most people tend to live in the bigger cities um just population wise that's how it ends up panning out but there's a lot of people who are beginners and they're like investing out of state is just too scary for me and mm -hmm. so if you're too scared of investing out of state what i recommend is that you have to try to find a deal a really good deal in your market to make the numbers work. And the only real way to do that is through finding something off market, like through a foreclosure or a tax lien. Now, in that scenario, you're trading the risk of buying a foreclosure and having an issue with it or the owner trying to buy it back down the line. That is a risk, but so is out of state. So you're trading the in, uh, investing out of state for being able to see it and being able to be there for the potential things that could go wrong with the foreclosure. Mm -hmm. I. I do think um, that if you're someone that wants to invest and you need to be nearby, foreclosure.com uh, is going to be a great option for you to see those types of deals and show you that it is possible to get those deals. Now, you just have to do more work to get them, but I, I do think that it is very valuable for you to have that option if you want to be nearby. That's perfect. That's terrific information, Antonio. Um, well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to take this opportunity to thank Antonio again for joining us. Is there anything else you want to mention in office, uh, to the audience before we head out? No, you could check me out on uh, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all at Invest Starters. Um, and they, uh, I, I try to put out content every day to help beginners. So if that's you, I'm happy to help you out and uh, give you as much actionable advice as I possibly can. Great. Well, we hope you found this interview helpful. Um, if you're looking for foreclosures and pre-foreclosures, check out our free email alerts on foreclosure.com. Until next time, I'm Tim Jones.